I remember coming home one night, and I was late, and I was like, okay, the lights are out. I'm just going to quietly come in, park the car in the driveway, came through the front door, you know, hung the keys by the door, locked the door. It's, it's all dark. It's, I'm like, oh, mom's asleep. She's, she's never going she's to find out. But now as a parent, we realize that uh, we're always awake, right? You always know when your, your kids come back in. So students, teenagers, just know. Mom and dad are still awake. They know what time you get home. But anyway, this, in this instance, I thought I, I thought I was good to go. So I woke up, woke up the next morning. It was a Saturday. Um, you know, kind of got ready. It was going to go meet some friends. Went to the front door where I had left the keys. The keys weren't there. So I'm like, oh, well, that's weird. I'm pretty sure I hung them there last night. I start looking for the keys. Can't find the keys. And then I notice out the front window my car isn't where I had left it either. Now I'm starting to do the math. I'm like, oh, I better go talk to mom. I'm, uh, something's going on here. So I found my mom downstairs. I'm like, mom, you know, what's going on? Where, where are my keys? And, and she gave me the, one of the most classic parent lines that you'll ever hear in your life. It's my house. It's my rules. And then she said something that made me scratch my head. She goes, now it's my car. <laughs> and and so, so I was like, well... In my head, I was like, well, technically, no, it's my, the title's in my name. Now, I didn't bring it. It wasn't the right time. I didn't bring it. I didn't bring that up in that moment. But, you know, we had a little bit of exchange. I was pretty under control. I went to my room, and after a few minutes, I had, uh, I had come up with just a brilliant plan. You know, I, 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 knew, I knew what I had to do to get my car back. Okay, so left my room, went out to the front, where I had noticed that my mom's keys were still hanging there. So I grabbed my mom's keys, go out, get in her car, drive it down the road, around the block, park it behind a business, lock it, walk back home, approach my mom, and I go, okay, now you have my car, and I have your car. Let the negotiation... Yeah. (laughs) Not... Do you ever have a, these moments in your life where you look back and you thought, yeah, I, I got a plan. It wasn't a great plan. It wasn't a great plan. The short ending to that story is that my cousin's a state cop. And, and it, anyway, so it didn't, it, didn't, it didn't end that well. But we, we, the thing is that we have these moments in our life where we think we have things figured out. We think we're using wisdom don't we? And whether it's as a teenager or a young adult, or, or even, you know, as I started thinking about this, this for this morning, we as mankind have these moments where we subscribe to ideas that end up looking really foolish in the end. In fact, I'm going to start macro view and get, get down to the micro view. I was, I was thinking about things, and I got a couple of them written down here. One, uh, is this, this first one's amazing. Geocentrism. Does anyone know what geocentrism is? You don't have to, I won't call on you, but geocentrism was, was subscribed to by mankind for a really long time, over a thousand years, and it's this idea that the earth is the center of the universe, right? That, that the, the moon and the stars and the sun and all the other galaxies revolve around us. Turned out, not even close. But there are other things throughout history, flat earth, 
flat earth, right? At one point, hundreds of years, we looked out over the the ocean. We're like, if you sail too far, you're going to fall off. Amazingly, that one made a comeback. That's incredible. But but we had these things in in the medical profession as well. I looked this one up. For over 2,000 years, it was thought by people in the medical field that leeches or bloodletting, that bad blood was the reason for a lot of illness. And so they would use leeches to remove the bad blood. For over 2,000 years, that was thought of. And it's not just science and medicine. It's like in, in my industry, in the real estate industry, we were using things like lead in pipes and lead in paint. We look back on these things as mankind, and it's just like really bad idea, right? And you don't know at the time. At the time, these were cutting edge ideas that we subscribed to for a really long time. And so before I stand up here and I start to talk about how to pass on wisdom, it just brought me to this question of, what is wisdom? What is wisdom? And as I started to think about that, one of the lenses that I use in life is, is something that my, my dad actually, before he passed away, I was a, as a teenager, my mom and dad gave me that, that first Bible, right? The leather bounds, it's got your name on it. Like, I got one of those. And my dad had put a quote inside the, the front Uh, of that Bible. And it said, the answers to all of your questions. And essentially he was saying, start here, start right here. And so that's kind of what I did. I was like, okay, I'm going to talk about passing on wisdom. We kind of have to just establish what wisdom is. And I think Proverbs helps us do that. So there's three things that I want to talk about in in this kind of category. And the first one is as far as what is wisdom. And we see it in Proverbs. And it's, it's this idea that it's based on experience, knowledge passed along, time tested, learned lessons, right? We see it all throughout Proverbs. And, and we also see, I think there's an underlying piece in Proverbs where it's, where it's, it's given in love. Like there's a caring, paternal, fatherly heart there. So that's the first one, and we saw that, and we talked about that a little bit. But the second one is this, and if you have ever been in a small group with me, you have probably heard me say this, because I've got a couple of go-tos, you know, on the bounce. Like, and this is one of them. It's a lens through which I try to see the world. What did Jesus say, and what did Jesus do? When facing a question in life, when facing a crossroads, what did Jesus say and what did Jesus do? So we're going to look at that today with respect to wisdom. All right. So we're going to look at Matthew verse seven. It's going to come up on the screen behind me as well. Matthew verse seven, and it starts in, or sorry, chapter seven starts in verse 24. It goes like this. And these are Jesus words, by the way, we call them the red letters. They're red letter Bibles, the words that Jesus said. Okay. This is Jesus preaching, Jesus' words. He says this, Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock, the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey is foolish. Like a person who builds his house on the sand When the rain and floods come 
and the winds beat against that house, it will com- collapse with a mighty crash. And one of the things that I notice about this is you see kind of the same format that we saw in Proverbs, right? We saw the, the wise way and the foolish way. But Jesus tells us right off the bat in this verse, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Okay, so now we've got a couple examples of what wisdom is. I told you I had three points. The last one is a really interesting one. The last one, I, I, I use this term, and if you could put the three points up, I've got three po- the, the three points in there. The last one I refer to as the wisdom of truth, and that's a big, broad term. But Paul, Paul would even say, say it this way, the wisdom of God, okay? So give you a little background on Paul. So Paul was a follower of Jesus. He wrote the majority of the New Testament. Paul was... Paul was hardcore. Like, Jesus showed up in his life in a big-time way, and he was like, okay, I'm all in. Let's go. In fact, he's, he's responsible for spreading the gospel, the idea of Jesus, throughout the ancient world. Okay? So this guy just went. He was like, I'm going. Let's go. I'm planting some churches. Right? And so one of the places that, that Paul went was this city called Corinth. Corinth was a trade city. It was kind of on a trade route. So people from all over the ancient world would come through Corinth. So a lot of of the people in Corinth, the early church, the early Jesus followers in Corinth were hearing, and and Paul the same way, was hearing all kinds of ideas about um, modern thinking. He was hearing ideas on deism, of the way that people were thinking about God. He was hearing um, Greek philosophy. He was hearing uh, ideas on astronomy, ideas on uh, the medical field. It was all coming through Corinth. And so I found it really interesting what, how Paul talked about wisdom in the middle of just this, all these ideas swirling around. Okay, so I've got you in 1 Corinthians 3, verses 18 through 20. This one should come up on the on the screen as well. He says this, stop deceiving yourselves. If you think you're wise by the world's standards, you need to become a fool to be truly wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. As the scriptures say, he traps the wise in a snare of their own cleverness. And again, and this one's from Psalms, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise and he knows they're worthless. That's a pretty strong language. But what I really think that he is getting at here as Paul talks to this young church in Corinth is that godly wisdom is much more than just a current understanding of modern times or the universe around us or how we perceive the universe around us. And, and don't get me wrong, I am not standing up here, I want to be clear on this one, I'm not standing up here and going like science is bad, medicine is bad, no. There have been advancements in science and medicine that have helped humankind massively, unbelievably. But what I do think that Paul is saying here is that we shouldn't put our hope in the things of this world, the thought of uh, the, the, the hope, putting our hope in the current age. I think part of what he's saying here is that true 
wisdom actually comes from a kingdom and heavenly perspective, not an earthly one. I think that's what he's getting at here. And then, and I'm going to go there in a minute, and this is where it gets just really good. Because he starts relating wisdom in general to Jesus. Okay, so what I think where, where we're headed here now is wisdom, especially as it relates to the health of our soul, is something we should be paying attention to. Especially as it relates to knowing Jesus. And so I'm going to jump to same, same chapter, 1 Corinthians. And this is in 1 Corinthians 1. It starts in verse 18. And it'll start to come up on the screen about halfway through here because I'm just going to read, read for you with a little while here. And stick with me here. I know I'm reading a lot, but this is the good stuff. I'm getting to the good stuff. I saved the good stuff for the end, I promise. The message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we who are being saved know it is the very power of God. As the scriptures say, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligent. So, and we should have it come up here. So, where does that leave the philosophers? Where does it leave the scholars? Where does it leave the world's brilliant debaters? God made the wisdom of this world look foolish. Since God in his wisdom saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom, he has used our foolish preaching, mine included, to save those who believe. It is foolish to the Jews who ask for signs from heaven. It is foolish to the Greeks who seek human wisdom. So when we preach Christ crucified, the Jews are offended and the Gentiles say it's nonsense. Here's the kicker. Get ready for it. But to those who, call, who are called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. I'm going to read that last sentence again. Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. So there it is. Right? I, I started with the question, what is actually, what is wisdom? What are, we, what are we talking about here? Right there it is. Wisdom of God is Christ. And Jesus himself said, hey, you want to be wise, listen to what I say and do that stuff. It's pretty simple. And as I, as I started thinking through this today for, for, for this message, one of the, a thought just kind of kept coming to mind. And it was this thought that passing on wisdom is often measured in legacy. The legacy that we're going to leave. What are we going to pass on? And often legacy, in a worldly sense, is related to maybe business principles or ideas that are passed on or successful enterprise that is passed over and through generations. And I'm not saying that there's not value in those things. I'm just saying those things are finite. Those things are measured by the world. For us as Jesus followers, it's different. And if you're sitting here today going, Jason, I'm not quite there. I still have a lot of questions. I get that too. I get that too. I had a lot of questions for a, lot, a long time. But if you're here 
and you have said, look, I am a Jesus follower. That's where my heart is. I think wisdom comes down to actually just one thing. I think wisdom comes down to what did we do in our hearts with Jesus? What did we do with Jesus? What did we do with his teachings? What did we do with his ways? What did we do with Christ crucified? That he died for our sins, was buried, and was raised on the third day. Do we believe it? Does it look in our lives like we believe it? Like he is the king of our life. Like we are following his ways. And even more pointed, as we think about passing on wisdom... Do we point to Jesus when we talk to our children? Do we point to, our, to Jesus when we're talking to a colleague, to our parents, to our family, as though that is the wisdom, that is the legacy that we want to leave? Because I think when we think about passing on wisdom, it's coming to know that actually it's Jesus that's the wisdom that endures. Would you stand with me and pray today? Dear God, Father, thank you so much for this day that you've given us. Thank you for every person within the sound of my voice, Lord. I, I thank you so much for the text, the Bible that you've left us, that we can look back to see what did you do and what did you say? God, would you open our hearts and our minds to receive and understand that wisdom is different in a heavenly kingdom. That our way and the way that we're called to be is, is different. It's a different perspective. So Lord, when we go throughout our week, when we go into our jobs, would we just be reminded that as we pass along, as we teach, as we coach, as we encourage, that you would be at the center of it. Would you give us that heavenly perspective, that wisdom that endures? We thank you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray, and everyone said, amen.